podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I can't believe some people haven't entered our prize draw yet. I know, you'd have to be mad not to want to win some of these prizes. Have you entered? I'm not allowed, it's in the terms and conditions. So I've wasted a fiver. <laughs> Why have you entered it? Yeah, but I thought we could. No, not allowed. Oh, well, if you haven't, you've got exactly two weeks to go. And uh, here's a little bit of an idea of what there is. Matt. A Leeds United shirt signed by Yorkshire and England cricketer Tim Bresnan. A Tony Boa figure in original packaging, Corinthian figure. Also from Tim Bresnan, a Yorkshire cricket shirt signed by him and the entire Yorkshire squad. A signed book from Bryn Law. A signed shirt by Jermaine Beckford. A Calvin Phillips Funko. A handwritten match on together card sheet signed by Ellen Smith from Shadowlark. Something from Adam Forshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it just something? Do we still not know what it is yet? He's not sent it yet, no, but it's on its way. He's a man of word. He's, he read it out, didn't he? A DVD copy of Do You Want to Win signed by Lee Hicken. A DVD copy of As Good As It Gets signed by Jamie Jones Buchanan. A signed picture of Simon Grayson and the 2010 squad celebrating promotion, signed by Simon himself. A signed David Batty poster, provided by our pal Barney. And a signed copy of Andrew Dalton's book, An Official History of Leeds United, written for our centenary season. And if you enter, you could win all of those prizes. It's not enter and get one of them, it's enter and get all of them. So why wouldn't you? Can I have my fiver back? Nope. It's gone to two great charities. And for your chance to win these goodies, get yourself over to leadsthat.com forward slash donate. Welcome to our bonus June podcast. We're only a week from the time of recording until a season restart. I can't believe football is actually upon us. I'm James and I'm joined by Andy. Hello. Matt. Hello. And Paul. Hiya. And it's fair to say since our last podcast that Adam Forshaw's comments about how confident he is around us getting promoted has caused a bit of interest in the Leeds United fan base. When you say interest, you mean pure division amongst fans? Well, you say that, but I saw that Paul had put a uh, poll on Facebook and most people seemed happy that he was confident and liked the players to be coming with that attitude. Paul's only got three followers, though, and one of them's me. People who listen to the podcast in in its entirety and take all those quotes within the context of a full conversation of general confidence will know that maybe the choice of words were um, excitable, but it wasn't anything ridiculous and it wasn't brash overconfidence. It was genuine out-and-out confidence. I'm backing him, too. I think the thing that people have missed is that he wasn't... It, people think that because he's a Leeds player, it was somehow arrogant. I've seen a lot of fans of opposition teams who have been having a bit of a pop at him, but he's not going to be playing. So really, he was just trying to big up his teammates and make sure that he was giving them a vote of confidence ahead of the season starting up again. And when it came to it, when Adrian Childs interviewed Patrick Bamford on Five Live on Friday morning, when he, he said to him, well, he put it to him that one of your teammates, I think Adam Forshaw, says that you're going to romp the league, essentially. Um, what do you think to that? And all Patrick said was, 
I think Adam may have got a little bit carried away there. We know how serious the championship is, but that it doesn't detract from the confidence. But it, equally, if you're terrified that Adam Varshaw saying we're going to romp the league has then put the jitters up the rest of the squad, Mr. Bramford's come out and shown that that is not, not the case. And Adrian Childs is a West Brom fan who misquoted him anyway. He said it's a foregone conclusion. Those words never came out of his mouth. No, no, that's true. He never said it was a foregone conclusion. He said it was a formality and we're going to romp it. Exactly. Misquoted. And another player who gets a load of stick, as Paul said, Patrick Bamford has been on the BBC. Anybody else hear it? Yeah, it came across brilliantly. I thought he spoke very, very well. He's another person I'd love to have on the podcast. So uh, if you're listening, Pat, give us a shout. He said that during lockdown, they'd been missing murder ball, which seems unlikely. That's not normal behaviour, is it? Does anybody know what murder ball actually is? I've heard a lot about it, but I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. They play piggy in the middle with some uh, dynamite. Is it just a game of football where the ball never goes out of play? So if it goes off the sideline, a coach just chucks in another ball? Do you know what? I don't know. It's essentially the, well, if that is the case, it's essentially the sort of football that Marcelo Bielsa just wants them to play, isn't it? And it's minus any team wasting 10 minutes every game by just holding onto the ball and all laying on the ground. The thing is, when you're a kid, you, when you, and you have to do football training, all you want to do is play football. Like you'll do some drills and they'll put the cones out and you'll be like, yeah, whatever. And then they'll say, right, let's get into a game. And you'll be like, yes. So you would think that the players would quite like that bit of the week. There must be something really bad about it to make it murder ball. I think it's just the intensity that's expected during it. That How you describe it there is how I've heard Phil Hay describe it, that the balls that go out for a certain period of time and you've got people screaming at you constantly that you've got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Um, and I remember playing football uh, with Matthew and probably James in a cage where the ball doesn't go out of play and that really pushes your... Uh, lack of fitness generally. And I think Matthew wasn't happy about it because he prefers it when there's not a roof on the cage because then it, you can go and have a bit of a rest when you've got to chase it. That is true. I, I, that is true. I used to like playing at full back and then boot it well out of play when you need a rest. Do you think that's Ben White's tactics? No. I think we've had players in the past who've had those tactics, but nobody in the current squad. <laughs> Do you mean future England international Ben White no, the other one. Well, according to media reports today, there's Gareth Southgate was quoted saying that the the delay in the tournament means that people like Ben White and Calvin Phillips have a have a shot at potentially playing Premier League football and getting into the squad next summer. Which is, it would be unfair to say that that's a positive thing that's come out of the pandemic, but we had tickets for a lot of games at Euro 2020. So if we watch it, if we're going to Wembley, in fact, as we record this, we should have been at Wembley for England's opening game. If we're there next year and Ben White and Calvin Phillips are in the squad, that'll be pretty good. A little bonus. Back in 2002, when we were watching uh, England fixtures and you had Rio Ferdinand and Lee Bowyer and people and Danny, Danny Mills, in and around the squad or in and around the team, it made it that bit more exciting. Yeah, it did. I've not really been that bothered by international football until the uh, last couple of years since, as you said, then the Leeds players were in it. I think the, the new crop of England stars have been a bit more likeable than your typical scum players who'd only get into it. 
thing is, I used to really like Harry Maguire, and then they signed him. Yeah, that's problematic. You've said this thing about Ben White, and I mean, we've got Ben White till the end of the season, which is an absolute bonus. And after that, it's really up anyone's guess, sadly. But he knows we love him. Love you, Ben. And it seems that he wants to stay. I think I think wanting to stay and then seeing what offers are on the table may be a different thing. But it sounds from from what Adam Farshaw says, from what everybody has said, he's been a model professional, and his his attitude has always been focused on Leeds while he's been here, despite the fact that almost since day one there's been media speculation linking him with um, the top end Premier League clubs. And you you guys watch? Uh, I never watch any Premier League football. Will you be watching it when it starts on Wednesday? I've got pretty hooked on that Paw Patrol thing, so I might keep watching that. I keep getting uh, these emails from Now TV saying it's 20 quid for the next three months. So, well, of course it is. Not going to be any football after a month, but, <laughs> but I don't know whether... Um, nah, can't be bothered. It's all about Leeds, isn't it? I was just thinking that the the relegation battle in the Premier League might be quite interesting because it'd be nice to see Villa go down. And if Brighton drop, then that gives us more chance of keeping Ben White. Well, the first game that's going to be televised is tomorrow night and it's Villa versus Sheffield United. That's not exciting. Well, that was a championship game last season. That's what we were, were watching, hoping that we'd get the right result for Leeds to go up this time last year. Well, not this time, obviously, but this stage of the season. I think I will watch it out of intrigue. I haven't been that interested in the the Bundesliga coverage, but I I always like to have a bit of football. And I do like the fact um, that they're at slightly awkward times as well, because uh, that makes me think that it's like an international tournament. It's all in a month, weird times, perfect. Just no fans, that's the only problem. That's what will be most intriguing about it, seeing what it's like behind closed doors. Although the club have announced that 15,000 crowdies have been purchased. That's a lot. In addition, so is that including the Caesar ticket option twos? Not clear. Not clear. We're well annoyed if my crowd is not in my seat next to you. I don't think it will be. If you read the FAQs, it says it could be anywhere in the stadium. What are you going to wear in your crowdie? Uh, I've already taken mine. I'm wearing the home shirt. Oh, Yes. You've got your uh, your actual stadium pose as well with your arms folded. Yeah, that's what I thought I'd go for. Like you're standing waiting in a chippy. And you've got a Kit Kat chunky hanging out of your gob. I've done done that version as well, but it doesn't fit into the template quite as well. Doing, oh, the, a- doing the lead salute. Have you had the link? No, I haven't had the link yet. I'm just getting myself prepped for when the link comes through. A few people on social have said they've not had it yet, Paul. Don't worry. I don't think any season ticket holders have had the link yet. So are we all, have we all gone for option two then? Option yeah. two, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good deal much. personally, but still lots of people complaining. What, what, what's there to complain about? They think that the crowd is a waste of money. They already have Sky, so they don't care about the LUTV pass. They never buy a program anyway, so they don't care about that. And they just want their money back. You could offer well, some fans a million quid and they'd be annoyed at giving a million and one quid. I think that's true. Yeah, but they could choose their money back, couldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, they could. That's the that's the other thing that's ridiculous about it. <laughs> People getting on Twitter going, oh, this is disgraceful from the club. See, my father-in-law has decided that now they've readjusted the... Con- so when the, the concessions uh, came out initially, uh, they weren't including the streams and chatting 
amongst ourselves about it. There were various reasons why that might have been. It could have been that they assume that most concessions live in a household with somebody else or that they're either too old or too young to um, want to use that kind of technology. So you've got the £100 voucher with it. Um, that didn't impress him. But when they changed it to essentially the same package that um, adult season ticket holders are getting, he was delighted because he thinks that because his season ticket's cheaper, he's getting better value out of that package than we are. He loves a bargain, doesn't he? Your father-in-law. He does, but I don't think they get the virtual player of the year. So ah. he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all getting a crowdie. That's had some controversy as well. Has it? Oh, you mean people not, not liking it, thinking it's cheap, tacky, nasty, and we should be avoiding it because we're better than that? Yeah, I saw one guy on Twitter, uh, he said... thing is, if the club didn't do it, people would be moaning that we haven't done it. Yeah, this guy on Twitter, I won't read his, uh, his username out, but he says that it, it's tin pot as fook. But I think it's a nice thing. And I've seen a lot of people who have chosen to put people that are no longer with us into the stadium. And uh, I've taken that option. I've put my granddad in who died 20 years ago. And my other granddad who's... 88 don't get to Allen Road much at all nowadays so that's one of do well that's true but that's one of, that's the nice thing like there's no chance that either of them two are going to be in the stadium for the moment that Leeds got promoted and now there's a chance yeah from that sentimental purpose I think it's a, a fantastic opportunity and I think the club were absolutely right to, to offer this as a way of feeling part of the games when you can't physically be there and I think people might change their tune when they actually see it as well on TV. Because if we sell out, which we're on the, we're on the road to selling out in cardboard cutouts, Island Road, it might look <laughs> it might look absolutely class. I just want to make sure somehow we can get get ours. I want to keep my crowdy. Yeah, they've said they're not sure whether they'll be able to guarantee that, but they'll look into it. Even if I've got to go collect it, all they have to do is like let ten people into the stadium at once in different parts and let you go to your seat, get your crowd in off your pop. I could get I could get all of ours. But what if you touch every crowdy on your way through? I'll wear gloves. So another thing that's come out this week um, from the Leeds United Supporters Trust is a campaign to try and plead with Leeds fans not to attend the games while they're behind closed doors because obviously that's A, pointless. You're not going to get in. And B could cause repercussions for the club as well. And I know when Graham, we spoke to Graham Hyde a few podcasts ago, go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it so far. But he um, he said, maybe if you get David Batty to tell people to stay away from the stadium, then that might have some effect. But they've come up with a, probably an even better campaign, which is to respect the memory of Norman Hunter, who obviously we sadly lost uh, during this period of lockdown since the last game. Um, respect our Norman and don't go to the ground. So hopefully that'll work. What do you think? I think it should work. I, I hope it does work. The, the thing that baffles me is that during this mad time that anyone would even consider going to do it is is crazy. It's just common sense to stay away, isn't it? And last thing you want to do is jeopardise jeopardise the club, but also disrespects Norman because uh, it's obviously complications that also took his life. So I think it's fair to say we'd recommend if you're thinking about travelling to any of the games over the next few weeks... Stop and think, get on the internet, buy yourself a crowdy so that your face will be in the crowd and then go to Amazon and buy yourself a projector so that you can have the full effect in your own garden. 
So there's less than a week to go. Have we decided how we're going to watch the games yet? We're coming to yours, aren't we? Well, this is the question, isn't it? Can I please come to yours? Yeah, by all means. Have you got the projector? No. Ah, oh, I thought that was going to be the big reveal, but is it because you've got a, you live in a new build estate and the Amazon drivers just doing circles? <laughs> Amazon drivers never away from our estate, to be honest with you. The Amazon drivers these days can fill up the van and park on one estate and do all the drops on a single street. So he's just lost your projector? I haven't ordered a projector. Ah, what you're a prime member. He's a prime member, lads. That's what it is. He's going to wait until Friday and click. We're in. What's your plan, Matthew? I don't have a plan. What's your plan? That you buy a projector and we come to your garden and watch it. That's That's been my plan. We've made no no qualms with this, have we, James? No. Well, actually, it was Paul who dropped that one in a couple of podcasts ago. That Matthew needs to buy a projector. Yeah. Now Andy and James are on the same uh, same boat. So what's the setup then? Table with the projector on it and a laptop with LUTV directly running your HDMI cable from that into there, project it on the wall. Do we need a screen? Do we need a canopy over the top of it? When you say we, elaborate. Do we need some sort of Wi-Fi extender as well? Well, no, I've already thought about this because you can basically have the laptop inside the house near the Wi-Fi oh. and then make your HDMI cable extra long. In fact, I think I've got a 10-meter HDMI cable. Stars are aligning, fellas. How many people do you think are around the country are having these exact same conversations? Are we over-elaborate or do you think everybody's having to think about it? Are you just Will people just move the telly? Can you move your telly? Can you put... <laughs> I was looking at that today and I could move the TV to the uh, to the patio windows, but the, our doors don't fold back against the wall. So it'd kind of narrow the field of vision a bit too much. Don't have the same drama either, does it? I quite like the idea of watching it on your projector, on your garage. Yeah. It's just the cost, Andy. That's the thing. Wait, you've, already can, got the, you've already got the garage. I can see why you would like that. But what's funny about the cost is a few weeks ago we were saying, oh, on our season ticket rebate, we'll all uh, we'll all chip in for this projector. Option two. No one gets the refund. Yeah, that's true. Also, because of Sky TV, we've got some really stupid kickoff times now, including a 5 p.m. Which one's 5 p.m.? Stoke City at home. 5 p.m. on a Thursday. Ugh. Beautiful. And as a result of that, they've moved back the Swansea game and the Barnsley game. So I think maybe five weeks in a row so far, we're playing after West Brom and Fulham. I think they've said it's seven out of the nine we're, we're playing after them, um, oh. which we had that conversation with Adam Farshaw and he did he admitted that, that it is something that can affect the players in a positive or a negative way. Last year, if it, took, if it was a negative... Hopefully that's something that they've thought about, um, not in a, not dwelt on, but thought about how do we turn this negative into a positive. It'll be irrelevant by the time we've beat Fulham anyway. I'm starting to get nervous when you're saying things like that. Yeah. Are we, are we seven out of nine um, at, after them and then one of them is against Fulham so it's the same time and the other one's the last game of the season and they're all at the same time? Probably. Sky that. So I think Sky have still got some games to pick. So it could all change again. 
But I mean, I, th- I think the really important thing is that we're talking about actual games that are going to be played that we're going to be able to watch in some form and we're going to finish this season. But we're still that way. We're watching them yet. We're watching them in Matthew's garden, either on his telly with a narrow patio window or on a beautiful new projector on the side of his garage. Option two. So we played this with Adam Vorgel last week. It's time for another game of Play Your Players Right. These are the rules of play your players, right? I'm going to start you out with a player and I'm going to tell you how many times they played for Leeds United. I will then lead on to another player and you've got to guess whether they played more games or less games. And I'd like you to write down exactly how many games you thought they played. There's going to be a theme running throughout it that you can have a guess and see whether you get that at the end. They've all played for Leeds. That's the unsaid kind of thing. But yeah. Is that one nil nil then? Yeah. I know you need to take any win you can in this kind of game. So, I'm going to start you out with Sol Bamba. Sol Bamba made 32 appearances for Leeds United, scored four goals. I guess the theme. No, but, you, well, you can write it down now. And if yeah. you get it on this one, you get you get loads of points. The next player, Tom Adiemi. Oh! Did he play more or less times for Leeds United than Sol Bamba? Andy? Less, 21. James? Oh, 34. Matthew? Slightly fewer, 28. The correct answer is lower. It was 23. Oh, winning. Okay. Robbie Fowler, did he make more or less appearances than... Addy Amy, higher or lower than 23? Just to go back on to- on Addy Amy, he's 28 and he's a free agent currently. He was released at the end of last season from Ipswich. I was a bit surprised at that. Uh, James, Robbie Fowler. <sighs> so bad at this. Uh, I'm going to go more, 28. Matthew? I also think more, but I think a fair few more. I'm going 46. And Andy. Higher. 25. Ooh. Ooh. Robbie Fowler scored 14 goals for Leeds United in only 30 appearances. So it was more, but not by a great deal. Lee Peltier. More or less than Robbie Fowler. Former club captain Lee Peltier. Indeed. I know the theme as well. I knew it from day dot. Matthew. Uh, Lee Peltier, more, 39. Andy. Higher, 47. James. Higher, 40. I was really surprised by this. Anyone know who he plays for currently? West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. I had no idea. He's actually never played for West Bromwich Albion, but he signed for them on transfer deadline day. Hey, neither have I. He, Lee Peltier played 66 times for Leeds United. Wow, that's a lot. He's got so, one goal. So I'm I'm winning again then, yeah? I think you're drawing. I think that's how it works. I've you, got every single win? one right so far, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but your numbers are well off. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. 
Higher or lower than uh, Lee Peltier? Andy? Lower, 57. James? Yeah, lower, 50. Matt? Lower, 60. It was higher, 69. Very close. And uh, scoring 34 goals in that time period. Shall we throw one more player in? Yeah, one more. Go for it. Stephen McPhail. Oh. Currently sporting director of Shamrock Rovers, but did he play more or less time for Leeds United than Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, who made 69 appearances? I'll go first, Paul. Lower, 45. Matthew? Higher, 78. Andy? Lower, 62. One of you is bang on the money. Stephen McPhail played 78 times. Oh. That's got to be worth the victory, that. I think you did win. I think you, I think that was uh, the ceiling of the victory here. Yeah. Fair play. Well, I bet that accumulates to about, I don't know, 20 minutes of football. Oh, McPhail was there. <laughs> McPhail was there at the club a long time, so and then two goals against Chelsea and that that amazing assist for Jimmy. Yeah, away at Derby. Yeah, boy, he was a good player, and he just lacked that bit of pace. And they've all played yeah. for Cardiff. They have, and that was the theme. Well done, Andy. I assume it was quite transparent, and the rest of you got that as well. The other player I had on my list that I didn't put in, Ross McCormack. How many times do you think he played for Leeds? 127. Uh, I was about to say 125. 97. 144. Fitting. Yeah. I don't think... I think he's barely had that many games for all the rest of his clubs put together. So he had a good stint at Fulham. He played far more than I thought. His gates were broke though, weren't they? So he couldn't get out and play for Villa. And then they were open for Jack Grealish to come in during lockdown. But I don't really think we should go there either. Last week, Andy and I were able to sit down and have a socially distanced chat with Jamie Keeble, who is the one of the founders of Hex Sausages, and talk to him about Leeds United and the current campaign that they have going to raise money for prostate cancer uh, during the week surrounding Father's Day. Welcome to the Leads That Podcast, Jamie. How how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, how's lockdown been treating you? It's a funny one. I get asked this quite a lot. Um, you know, our game we we sell we supply sausages all to retail, really. So, you know, been quite lucky in that sense. We don't we're not into the food service game. So, we've been busier than ever producing sausages um, where we're located in North Yorkshire. We're kind of in our own little bubble here, so life's really just continues as normal, uh, which is uh, it's, just, it's a hard thing to say when a lot of people are out of work and a lot of people are furloughed and the uncertainty of it. But for us, it's been quite a, a decent period business-wise for us. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I'm about sick of it like everybody else. You know, I like to go to the pub and, you know, see your mates and stuff like that. But work-wise and day-to-day, it's pretty, pretty much the same for me. So I've been quite lucky. I've got a few. I've got a few mates who work in construction, and yeah. they're the same as he's. He's just say, "Look, I'm just working as normal," and he feels really bad when he kind of. He says, "Do you want to catch up this weekend?" He does the Monday Friday, and I said, "Well, I can't, mate. I'm locked in my house with my kids. I can't see anybody." 
<laughs> it is a bit strange, isn't it? What about yeah. football-wise? Have you been missing the football? Oh, yeah, I'm sick of it. I mean, it wasn't too bad to begin with when you, you could watch, you know, the highlights on Sky Sports. There's only so much time you can watch Premiership years, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm missing it. But even, you know, watching it when it all starts next week with no, with no crowd, you know, that's going to be weird, isn't it? You know, I can be watching, I think it was just before, I think I watched the, a couple of Bundesliga games. It's, not the same about the crowd, is it on live TV? But anyway, any football, any football would be great to watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And how was it you became a Leeds fan, mate? Um, well, I first, my uncle, my uncle Paul, and my granddad actually, my uncle Paul's been a, a season ticket since he was a teenager. Uh, and my granddad, he used to have um, a pilot's licence back in the day. They used to give him out for nothing. And he used to go to follow, he used to follow Leeds away up and down the country and he was never a decent um <laughs> he wasn't very good at the navigation air navigation he used to just follow the main motorways he used to just to hover over the main motorways to get to, to the away um, <laughs> away fans grounds and things like that so but they've always been really big into it and I, I went to my first game um i think it must have been either it was it was actually against man united ellen road i think it was uh must have been maybe 2000 we lost anyway, you'd probably be able to tell me. I think it was the 1-0 Candy Cole scored. I don't know what year that was. It must have been 99 or early 2000. I can't, can't really recall. But now I remember the 4-3 game, yeah. I think that was a bit later on. But that was my first experience of Ellen Road. And I can remember the last game I went to was that. It was a Christmas time, wasn't it, when it was 3-3 with Cardiff. Oh. And I think, yeah. And, we, and, and these played absolutely brilliantly the first half. And then they started to take a few players off and rest, and then Cardiff came out of nowhere and scored three, didn't they? So, bit of a lead that moment for us. That one. We'll be hoping to avoid a repeat of that uh, next week. It's it's uh, frightening that we can now say next week we will be playing Cardiff. I mean, yeah, let's hopefully hopefully we can just blow the way instead of uh, throwing it away. So, yeah, it looks like we probably will see them in, back in the Premier League. And do, do you like to play a bit yourself? I do. I've never, I mean, I always fancied myself as a decent player when I was a kid, but I've never really been that talented. I had a decent bit of pace. I mean, I, I play regularly on Wednesday nights, play six aside uh, in Harrogate, where, where I live, um, quite regularly. So, and I play the odd 11 aside game when, when called upon, but now I've never been that talented, to be honest with you. I've never been that good. I've got a bit of pace, a bit of strength. I can't, you know, I'm a rubbish finisher. <laughs> probably, probably more suited to like right back or something like that. I think that's my position. And what do you think your plans will be for watching the games when they come back? I don't know. I guess whatever we're allowed to do, I'll do it. And hopefully the weather picks up. I mean, we've got another week or so of this miserable stuff. No, play the week after. It should be quite nice. It'd be nice to have a barbecue, maybe get a screen outside, you know, a few beers. But then if you're allowed to, I suppose. That's it. So we're trying to blag Matt, uh, our fellow podcaster, to get himself a projector so we could all go around his gaff, have a few beers and watch it. So uh, watch this space. If you're stuck, mate, you can come watch it with us if you like. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. I have to hold you to that one. See, Matt, now the pressure is on. You have to go and get that projector because Jamie's going to come watch it with us, mate. I'm big into my horse racing, actually, as well. And I think it's uh, my brother. He's really big into it. And I think he was supposed to go to Ascot. I think it's the Royal Ascot next week, I think it is. And he was supposed to go to that and he's trying to organise 
a big screen at his house to follow the races. But we might be doing that next week and if the weather's dry, weather permitted anyway. So as a, as a company, you've got a big association with Beedale Football Club. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I can give you a bit of history about that. So the chairman of Beedale Town is was um, my dad's PE teacher. And they've stayed in touch over the years. And I think it's our... I think it's our fourth year of association with the club and doing the, doing the football kits. And I'm sure you've probably seen them online. And yeah, they're a thing of beauty, aren't they? They are, they are, they absolutely are. Um, they didn't go down too well the first, the first <laughs> season. We were, we were going to go and uh, have a picture taken with the lads and a few of them gave me a bit of a dirty look, you know, so crap, we've got to wear these. But, you know... <laughs> They, it's, it's, they've actually enjoyed their five minutes of playing against the papers and things like that. So they all they all fancy themselves as like you know the Man City of the league, you know. But they, they, I think they do pretty well actually. They, they always seem to win the league. I think they're in the the tenth tier or something like that. But then they seem to always win their 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 league. So yeah, they do quite well out of it. And how much did you get involved with making those kits? Was that your idea, or if somebody else? Well, we've got no, no. We've got a very talented team actually. So in in our business, we don't just produce the sausages. We do all the selling ourselves. Uh, we do do the pack designs ourselves in house. So we've got quite a talented marketing team who uh, who do all that stuff, and they're pretty clever. Um, it's actually it's actually my missus who designs all the packs and things, and she helped design the kit. So um, yeah, we've got a very talented group of people. Gonna say they got plenty of coverage those kits, didn't they? We'll, uh, we'll definitely share them when we share this podcast for those who might not have seen them. Well, brilliant, yeah, do. I'd like to hope a lot do. of people have because uh, I remember when they first came. I remember it well when they first came. I was just kind of like, oh my days, look at this, and they got people talking, <laughs> which is exactly what you guys want, isn't it? So fantastic. Well, if you want, you know, send your send your addresses um, after this to myself, Ren, and I'll send you a couple of kits if you like. But there's a a bit of a, a Leeds United link with B Dale as well, isn't there? Oh, Simon Grayson, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's got uh, deep ties in Beedale. Uh, <laughs> he's a good bloke. And uh, I think they do, every year they do do a, a charity game. They were supposed to do one in March, actually, but um, it's for Simon Grayson's legends against Beedale Town legends. And they've got a few names to come and play. Um, I think they even got um, Josh Warrington down to play for it, actually. Yeah, um, I don't. I think I was pretty surprised actually if he was actually going to turn up because he's quite an active fighter. I don't think they want to risk himself playing a charity game with those those lads. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a shame we got pulled this year because of this virus. But hopefully next year we could do something. So you're launching a special campaign for Father's Day. Can you talk us through that? Yeah. So um, for Father's Day, we decided to do something a bit different. Um, you know, being quite a quick turnaround business as we are we can change things quite quickly uh, so this year on Father's Day we'd like to raise some money for prostate cancer uh, and raise awareness really and being the key message of you know getting young middle-aged guys as well so it's going to get themselves checked out um, it's very close to to our family um, because my grandfather um, lost his battle with the illness um, and because of that Myself and my dad and my brothers are quite at risk of, of, of um, contracting the disease as well. I myself, I had um, testicular cancer a few years ago and I, I discovered that fairly quickly and I recovered quite quickly. So that's the key message really to, to get people to get themselves checked out because 
you know, you catch anything early, it's, it's so treatable and you can make a, a very fast recovery and live a normal life. And that's the key message, really. I know it's quite an embarrassing thing to go and, you know, get checked out. You can, you know, you don't have to do like the physical examination. You can do like blood tests and all sorts of things, really, these days. Um, but that's the key message, really. Wanna, it's all for good cause. Uh, I think we're in a good platform to raise awareness for this message as well. So, yeah, working, working with those charities to really spread the word and get themselves checked. The sausages, well, we, the dad pack, um, I don't know if you've got a picture, I've got a picture here. Um, this pack here will be available from stores from Monday uh, up until Father's Day on the 21st. Um, so if you look out, we, we are in every retailer, um, as the Tesco's, Morrison's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Co-op, uh, Aldi as well, even. So, um, yeah, look out for us on the shelves and We'll be on until Father's Day. So, yeah, hopefully we raise as much money as possible. One thing that is good is when people like yourself speak up and have said that you've been checked out, you've, you've battled it yourself, it also helps other people. So, uh, thank you for that. You missed a trick, though. You should have said it runs till the 21st. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys, you want a job in marketing? Come with us. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolling it back around to Leeds United then, our podcast is the Leeds That Podcast and it's about the fact that often things look like they're going absolutely amazing with Leeds United and then the thing that you never imagined could happen happens and it all just falls apart. doesn't have to be the full season, it can be within games like the Cardiff game. Could, what, what would you say, looking back over your time as a fan, is your biggest Leeds That moment? I mean, God, there's been a few, hasn't there? I think last season... The brand of football they were playing. I think this season, actually, you know, the um, the Arsenal game, the FA Cup game, I think, you know, that really showed the quality of football Leeds United can play. Yeah. Uh, and it got the whole country talking about Leeds again, you know, it's like, Christ, they belong, they belong at the top. And, you know, arguably with a team that's, you know, I would say is overachieving, I would say. Um, I think, you know, the players have got, I mean, they would have to invest if they got, if, Promotion went well this season. I think they'll definitely have to invest. But, you know, from where the, the quality of football that they played in that game just shows what they can do. And uh, they were unlucky to lose the game, really. So I think, you know, even though they lost the game, I think that was the best they've played all season. No, it's incredible. It really is. The, the team that Marcelo Bielsa took over, this shows what a good coach he is. It's the same squad that finished mid-table the season before, wasn't it? And suddenly now they're title yeah. contenders. So... Absolutely, yeah. And I know they've got, I know the club, well, actually we, um, we're very close to doing some sponsorship actually with, with the club um, to, you know, get tech sausages around the ground really is like a half-time offering and, you know, doing all this sort of hospitality uh, lobbies and all that stuff and like serve our sausages and do a bit of social media interaction as well. But unfortunately, the, because of the virus outbreak, we didn't know if it's going to be possible to do it. But for next year, for next season, we could possibly be doing something as well, um, which would be great. be great to do. So, um, What's this space? Yeah, watch this space, definitely for next season. I'll tell you what, I love those B-Dale shirts, mate, but I don't think it'd uh, fit very well for <laughs> with a Leeds United kit. Dean, you don't think it'd go down well? We'll be protesting outside of the stadium, wouldn't we? <laughs> But if the manager was Hocker Day, then we could have, you could have gone with a Hock sausage and it would have been a Hock special. So that's <laughs> yeah, it. <wouldn't> yeah. it? <laughs> Absolutely, but, yeah. 
Um, or, or even Paul Heckingbottom when he was there. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that, well, great. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I look forward to uh, sampling the Father's Day dad sausage. And, yeah, we'll make uh, sure you get some. Um, I'll send some to you. Uh, don't forget to send your addresses to either myself or Emma, and uh, we'll get some. Uh, especially, we'll get the kit sent to you as well. So you can put it on your wall. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you, mate. What's really nice about doing this podcast is we actually get to talk to other like-minded Leeds fans and see how they're doing it. And it sounds like uh, Jamie's going to be, well, he's in the same boat as us. He's got to watch it in his garden of his mates or on the telly, hasn't he? That's not true. You invited him to Matthew's garden to watch it on the projector. Look, if he brings the sausages, Matt brings the projector. Just need James to bring some beers and we've got a right old party. What are you bringing? The banter. <laughs> I'm right there, right, lads. It's just so nice to chat to other like-minded fans about their experience of Leeds United. Yeah, we've said before, haven't we? That's one of the best things about doing the podcast, getting to meet different people. Now, there's a saying that there's no such thing as a free lunch, but I understand, Andy and Paul, that that might not be true. Rumours are correct. Uh, Jamie kindly had us a pack of the promo sausages sent over and uh, I had a sample. Very, very nice. Yeah, it's, it's easy to say that you like something you've been given for free. But in all honesty, it was a, a very meaty sausage. Well, I hope so at 97% pork. What's super 3%? Not dairy or gluten because it doesn't have that in it either. And I think a lot of like a lot of sausages, sausages get a bad press because they can. Uh, a lot of people will have you believe that sausages are made up of quite a lot of rubbish. I don't know what that rubbish ever is, but people will say they're made up of rubbish. But clearly, those hex sausages at ninety-seven percent pork are made up of an awful lot of meat. Thanks to Jamie and the guys at Heck for sending some sausages over. They are in promotion for Father's Day, which is coinciding with the game against Cardiff. So maybe get yourself a packet of sausages, put them on a barbecue and watch the Leeds-Cardiff game. And at the same time, help a brilliant cause because all the uh, profits are, are going to charity, which is great. And all the money obviously going in aid of uh, prostate cancer, which is uh, a cause very close to my heart. As I said earlier in the podcast, my granddad, who's been gone 20 years, he's going to be in Elland Road as part as a crowdie he died of prostate cancer so it's a great cause and uh, if you want to give generously and have a lovely breakfast then go and buy yourself some heck special sausages you know when Leeds United were in doldrums sort of early 2018 and you thought we'd never get out of the championship ever again oh yeah and we swapped to heck for a Bielsa so uh, if um, heck sausages ever find themselves in trouble then they just need to rebrand themselves to Bielsa bangers <laughs> Right, so on our Match Day podcast, we have a feature where we look at the opposition forums and see what they're thinking about the game that's coming up. So we thought we'd have a little look through the forums of the opposition to see what they're saying about the resumption of the 2019-2020 season. So I started off, pick a team, lads, we'll uh, we'll have a chat. What do you reckon? Let's go West. (laughs) I didn't do Hull. I don't know why. Let's go Go West Brom because they're the... uh... They're the biggest rival for the championship title. So West Brom's, uh, the thread that caught my eye on the West Brom forum, uh, which was just on their boards.footymad one, um, was, yeah, westbrommad.co.uk, was go for the title, lads. And uh, Boingy said, 
I really think we should be looking to lift the trophy off Leeds. I really no, 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 no. I really think we should be looking to lift the trophy off Leeds. Better. Instead of being concerned about Fulham. Look up, not down with real ambition. If we don't, we'll be encouraging the jitters. What do you think to that? Well, I think it's a lot more authentic when you got into your accent. How come Nesquik cereal tastes so chocolatey? Bongi goes on to say, aim for the top, could end second. Aim for second, could end third. Does he have a fair point, lads? Can I be honest? I don't care. (laughs) I'm really focused on us at the minute. I hope everyone else is miserable. I think he's got a fair point, Paul. (laughs) Baggy Al said, totally agree, Boingy. We're a better lot than Leeds and have more class. Lead supporters are horrible twats and end up their own asses like the vile live in the past. So, yeah, West Brom are, are, are looking positive and uh, trying to look up instead of over the shoulders. Do you think we should be doing more of that? I think we already are. I mean, you can't be looking any further up than we're going to romp it. It's going to be a formality, can you? <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm all over the foreshore quotes. I'm with him. I think this full steam ahead focus. I remember in the Monk season, uh, when we just missed out on the playoffs around Christmas, everybody was like, "We're not going. We're not getting automatic promotion. We've, we're too far off it. We need to be concentrating on getting a playoff place." My argument was always, "Well, this, you never know what's going to happen. We should at least try to get in the automatic place places, and if we don't, then we'll at least be in the playoffs." And look what happened. I think people are failing to realise as well that there's actually we're only two point five games under a quarter of a season left to play. A quarter of a season, that's a lot. Are you trying to make us nervous, James? <laughs> Just exposing you to my own mind. I must admit, the closer we get to resuming, the more nervous I'm getting. Because a lot can change in nine games, you're right. Well, maybe that's a good thing as well, because we're not there to push our um, own nervousness onto the pitch. Brentford have got a thread. Um, looking about behind closed doors and whether or not it is better for them or not. And they've looked at the statistics um, because Brentford are all about statistics. They actually had, had another thread asking whether AI can predict injuries or not, which, uh, but in this thread, uh, Banana said that he'd run the uh, Griffin Park supercomputer with and without home advantage. Um, with home advantage, their probabilities are of the top two are 6.6%, top six, 90%. And then, uh, yeah, so they're looking at the stats and looking at whether or not it is better for them. And they've decided that it is. They think that the lack of atmosphere is going to suit more technically gifted teams such as themselves rather than the crash bang wallop teams, Forest. Figure so. They've got no fans. This would just like playing a normal game for them, won't it? I was going to say, going to Griffin Park, it's hardly the noisiest place in the world. Well, Mr. Cynical said he he's hoping that the behind closed doors games means that one, the ball's in play longer, two, oh, yeah, better. Hang on, hang on. I'm hoping that behind closed doors games means one, ball in play longer, two, better protection for flair players from referees, three, less playing for time. Proper Michael Caine, that Paul. That's what that's what I was going for. So yeah, but those 
But those are all things that we hope for as well, aren't they? Mr. Cynical, we're in agreement, are we not? Don't care. Mr. Cynical could do one. We're going to have a debate, a discussion about these threads and Andy's, I don't care. I don't think that Brentford have any right to be saying that they're a technically gifted side. Now I'm interested, go on. Not based on the two games that I've seen from them. We've outplayed them home and away this season. In fact, they only got anything off us because Kiko let the goal in. And do you know that's the last goal that we conceded back in February, early Feb? Well, let's let's stick at the top of the table and uh, Fulham. So on the uh, friendsoffulham.com, that's very nice, isn't it? They have a thread about Leeds. What do you think they're saying about Leeds? I don't know, but is it a mixed part of the site where everyone's allowed in, Leeds fans as well? There's a few bits on here. The, the thread about Leeds is basically a case of, and I'll spare you the Michael Caine, he said, am I the only one that thinks Leeds don't have enough depth? Hey, in the hey, 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 hey. Am I? The do, only- a, um, do, a, do a posh accent for Fulham. Am I the only one that thinks Leeds don't have enough depth in attack to warrant such short odds on getting promoted, especially with Augustine allegedly out for the season? Sure, Bamford, Harrison, Costa and Hernandez are good, but behind that they have little to nothing. I think, slash hope, this will show in the tight schedule coming up. Tyler Roberts and nothing else on the bench. I'm not impressed. That was M. Langstrom. That's one of those comments on a forum where I really hope that in two games' time we spank Fulham 4 or 5 nil, and then you just log into that forum and reply and go, you're impressed now, mate? And what, what, how can they talk? It looks like Mitrovic has eaten all the rest of their players. Well, Whitestone said, they have Bamford, we have Mitro. Nothing more to discuss on that front. I like Hernandez and think we were fortunate when he went off injured earlier doors at the cottage. Only consistency has only consistency has let us down so far. It'll take nine wins to have a chance, I reckon. Maybe eight. Seems unlikely, but you never know. I love it. I want I want to go sign up as a friend of Fulham just just so that I've got an account ready for when we spank them in two weeks' time. Well, maybe you should, and then um, we'll read out your response when we do spank them, Matt. Last little quote that I've seen on here that I really do like because FPT, I think, knows exactly where it's at. Leeds have such a strong lead and play in such a dominant style that any drop points are typically more down to their inability to score than the opposition doing well. Fulham have had eight different players score for them in the league this season, whereas Leeds have had 12. And their right-back, Luke Ayling, has more goals than Anthony Knockout this season. You wouldn't have, if you sat down at the start of the season and were asked to, when they signed Knockout, that looked a really impressive signing. And I'm not saying he's not been impressive for them, but you would have thought he'd have scored more goals than Luke Ayling. Yeah, that's until we saw Luke Ayling turn into Tony Eboa. So we obviously need a new jingle for this section, don't we? Um, what are we going to do about that? Because obviously, if we try and do it together, it's going to be out of sync. So who's going to do it? I vote Andy. I vote Andy as well. I vote Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I vote Matt. So there were two votes for Andy. So there you go. Stat bomb, stat bomb. Here's a stat bomb. LUFC data's here to drop another one. Stat bomb, stat bomb. Here's a stat bomb. Maybe it'll turn you on. Actually, that bit at the end, Andy, did, did get me uh, a little bit twitchy. 
I apologise for the uh, baby boom after lockdown because of me just there. <laughs> We've partnered up with LUSC Data on Twitter, who you might know. Well, you definitely will know. He's, he's brilliant. He's been providing stats for years now on uh, social, and uh, he's provided some absolute corkers for this one as well, which should get you going nicely. So... Leeds are set to play our very first league match in the calendar month of June and only our second ever competitive game in June since beating Juventus on away goals to lift the European First Cup in June 1971. So what you're saying is that we're unbeaten in June? Basically, yeah. That's got to be good news. I wonder how many other clubs have got that record. Probably all of them. Probably. Not Juventus. Are you ready for some more LUFC data to get you going? Talk to me. Leeds have created 99 big chances of this season, 17 more than any other championship side. Leeds have also conceded just 30 goals in the championship this season, three fewer than any other side. Leeds haven't conceded a goal in eight hours and 35 minutes of football, the last one being that goal at Brentford. Uh, Leeds have hit the woodwork 23 times in the championship this season. That's five more times than any other side. Leeds have kept 17 clean sheets this season, 46% of our games, more than any other side in the top four tiers of English football. So we're a bit good then. I think the important question is, how much of it is relevant still? All of it. I think it's the same squad, same players, managed by the same book. I know what you mean, because it is a fresh start coming back, but you can't ignore the phenomenal job the team have done so far. and It's worth celebrating that as well. Big thanks to LUFC Data for partnering with us. Look forward to some more data soon. Right, it's less than a week to go until Leeds United return behind closed doors, but we don't have to wait for that before we play behind closed doors. Who wants to play behind closed doors? No one knows what it's like to be the bad man to be the sad man behind closed doors okay quick reminder you should know how to play this by now i have got a player behind my closed door you just need to guess who it is by asking yes no questions and we'll start with andy do they currently play for leeds united no did they play for leeds united in the noughts no did they play for leeds united in the premier league yes did they play for Leeds United this millennium? No. Did this player win the old Division 1 with Leeds no. United? No, he did not. Was he in David O'Leary's squad? No. Did he play for Howard Wilkinson? Yes, he did. Was he a defender? No. Was he a central midfielder? No. Was he a forward? Yes, he was. Tell you what, goalkeepers never get much love on this game, do they? It's funny because I actually thought about picking a goalkeeper, but then I thought as soon as you guess goalkeeper, it's quite easy. Not if it's a lonely goalkeeper during the uh, last 10 years. That's not 15. Is this player English? No. Are they Welsh? No. That's the exact route of question I was going down. Are they European? Yes. Are they Scottish? No. I have got no idea. Um, are they Scandinavian? Yes. Is it Thomas Brolin? Well, that's who I was thinking. Are they Swedish? No. Uh, bloody hell. Norwegian? Yes. 
So it's to Norwegian forward who played for Leeds United under Howard Wilkinson. Correct. I've got no idea. And Andy would have jumped out of his seat if he knew by now. I do know. <laughs> no, never. Playing it cool, that? Huh? No, you never play it cool. First time for everything. Uh, did, were they number nine? Uh, no. Did they stay for a short period of time? Yes. Did they score many goals? Do you want to put a number on it? More than zero. Yes. <laughs> Who the hell is it? I hope I've got an epiphany. It's Frank Strandley, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well done, Andy. You cheat. Right. <laughs> Knowledge is power, and I've got it in abundance. Bloody cheat, that's what you are. And you know what you get for winning, don't you? A big grin? Nope, you get to play your own game of behind closed doors. All right. Let's dance. Is he in the current Leeds United squad? No. Ugh. Is he from this millennium? Did he play for Leeds in this millennium? Yes. Did he play for Leeds between 2000 and 2010? Yes. Did he play for Leeds under Kevin Blackwell? No. Did he play in the Premier League? Yes. Was he an academy player? No. Is he from a northern suburb of Norway? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did he play in the 2003-2004 season when we got relegated? Yes. Was he on loan? No. Was he a midfielder? Kind of. Was it Nick Barnby? No. Now that we know that he's not on loan, this should make this quite quick. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um, did he have lovely long hair? No. Ah. Had he played for us prior to that season? Yes. Had he played in the Champions League? Yes. Had he scored in the Champions League? Yes. Had he scored in the San Siro? Yes. Is it Dominic Matteo? It is indeed. Yes. Well played. Well played, Matthew. Well played, Matthew. I think I just won two rounds of behind closed doors. Well, you think so? I got Frank Strelley, didn't I? Eventually. You cheat. What's all this uh, about? leads that stash you can buy get some merch yeah paul's been working very hard at our online shop this week haven't you paul well it's a collective effort but yes we are very excited to be launching our first online store what kind of stuff could you buy on said store you're modeling one of them right now andy leads that (laughs) g-strings So we have two, <laughs> right. there's a range of items, mugs, t-shirts, polo shirts, hoodies and hats, etc. with our logo on in a range of uh, Leeds United related colours. And, and some the non-Leeds te- United related colours as well. Which ones are they? The pink one. I love that. There's some offensive uh, colours in there. Offensive? Yeah, I find them offensive. Do people still wear G-strings? Is that still a thing? What do you? And the other range, which is really exciting, is a partnership with illustrator Russell Walker, who illustrated our image for the beer clip for the beer Elsa. 
that sadly got locked down as well um, and has come to a new lease of life in a range of prints, T-shirts and other such merchandise. The prints are pretty exciting. What's that range called? The Tactician range. It is a really cool image. I think I'm definitely going to get one of the prints. Yeah, Russell. Russell's designs... Russell's designs are absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I'm tempted to get a print myself. 24 by 36. I need a new backdrop. I really got one of the tactician t-shirts and I'm going to wear it for my crowdy. That's a good idea. So if somebody wants to go and uh, check out this merchandise, where do they go, Paul? Go to leads.com and click shop. We'd love your feedback as well. So just get in touch and let us know if there's things that you would uh, like to see there. And if you do buy a piece of uh, clothing, then... Why not send us? No, actually, no. let's leave that. If you do buy a G-string, send in your selfies too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven, seven, no. So prior to the madness of uh, the lockdown, we had a segment in the podcast, in the Matchday podcast called Tracking Wolves. Play the jingle, Andy. Tracking Wolves, Tracking So we've been tracking um, our progress against Wolves in the 2017-2018 season. Uh, they had a, they played an absolute blinder that year and uh, we've been seeing how we've been doing in comparison. And after game week 37, we're sitting 71 points. Uh, Wolves at this time were on 79 points. I thought you were going to say they completed it by now. I'm not too, too disheartened by that. Yeah, I'm surprised we're that close to them. I thought they'd run away from us earlier on in the season, to be honest. So that's good. Well, do you know what's interesting? Where do you think we are versus this time? Well, not this time, but after game week 37 last season. 71 points this season so far. Almost exactly the same. We were on more points, two points more. Oh, that's not good news, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends what's happening around you, doesn't it? And this season we've had some woeful results that from other teams that have gone our way. Yeah, the context is that we're we're seven points ahead, isn't it? And last season, that just wasn't the case. Yeah, and um, we're, you know everyone else is in and around that point as well. Everyone's sort of in and around the seventies for the last five or six years, so it's it's fairly tight, and we're doing well comparing ourselves to previous years. Where does that leave you guys with your confidence? How do you think we'll do? Um, I'm not as confident as Adam, but then you know. Footballers just ooze confidence, don't they? And uh, they have to. They have to have that self-belief. But as a fan, you just think so much time has passed. You don't know what it's going to be like. What other teams are going to be like when we, you know, come back to play next week? And uh, yeah, I think I think we'll do well, especially after playing um, following West Brom. After speaking to Adam last week, my confidence was sky high. Then when the interview came out and. Um, media outlets started picking up on it and other clubs started saying and maybe we could they might use that against us because they think we're overconfident I got a bit nervous and then when Patrick Bamford went on Five Live and said basically don't worry about it we know that we've got a lot of work to do I sort of levelled out so what I'm saying is I'm probably quite fragile (laughs) (laughs) I like I think when we get to that point of Sunday and we're, we're watching them come out against Cardiff it, the nerves are always settled when they get on the pitch because the players do all the talking on the pitch their ability this season 
you don't have to hide behind the sofa. You don't have to be terrified about certain blunders by certain individuals. It's such a, a, a team effort. It, and they've got to a point where in the system, like people have talked this week about injuries to certain criteria, they're so drilled to fit almost anywhere. It's, it's going to be brilliant. I must admit that I'm starting to feel a little bit nervous as we get towards the restart now because it's a little bit like the feeling you get at the beginning of the season where you're not sure what our preparation has done or what sort of shape the players are in and same for other teams and the season could go anyway and like I think we've said on this before it's a nine game mini season but I do buy into all the things that people have been saying about how we should be uh, one of the fittest if not the fittest side in the division the fact that we don't have fans in the ground, I think probably ultimately will help us. We always start seasons quite well, so the players should be in good shape and the weather should help us and the quality of the pitches should help us. And also the fact that some of the teams that we've been playing might not have been motivated to keep themselves in shape over the course of the lockdown. All of that should play in our favour. So I'm nervous, but I think that all the signs are there that I have no reason to be. If we win the nine-game season, and this is what we were talking about earlier, then we're going to be promoted. You know, if you forget the seven-point lead thing and we're just aiming at, we want to be have the most amount of points out of these remaining nine games, then we're going to be promoted. And that's the attitude that I think the players are going to take. Not only are we going to be promoted, we're going to have a trophy. Yeah, we just have to win seven to get up, don't we? And that's assuming that West Brom win all of theirs. And that's assuming Fulham win all of theirs. When people have looked at the stats about the how we've started the season in the past two seasons, we've been first and fourth and we've had and we've got, I think, out of the first twenty seven points, it was twenty one and, and uh, something else out of those twenty seven points. And it means we need the kind of the, the teams that have finished with fifteen points were sort of tenth. We need the form of being maybe a top six, top eight side in this to almost guarantee promotion rather than a top two team. But I know they'll be going for top two. So prediction, are we going to do it and how many games are we going to win? Uh, in the words of Adam Forshaw, we're going to romp it and we are going to win eight games. <laughs> And the one game we don't win, we're going to draw. Well, every game we've played tonight, Matthew, you've won, so I hope you win this one as well. I think we're going to win a minimum of five, hopefully more, and I think it's going to be enough. I think we're going to win a maximum of one. (laughs) Sorry, I think we're going to win a minimum of one and a maximum of nine. And somewhere in between that, there's going to be some other results and we'll play some football. <laughs> no. Why are your splinters? Your splinters all right? <laughs> we'll, uh, we're going to be fine. I've got every faith in us. So go on, what's your prediction? Prediction is six wins, two draws, one loss. And when we have the loss, it'll feel like the world's going to end and everyone thinks we're never going to get promoted. Yeah, it'll probably be Cardiff, won't it? Or Fulham. It'd be worse if it was Fulham. That's true. And I am going to go seven wins, two losses. I think the losses will come 
against Derby. Just because we'll have been promoted and we'll be chilling out by then. <laughs> and Charlton, because we're just going to do them a favour, help out our old mate Lee Bowyer and get rid of Hull or Huddersfield. So on the on the match day pod as well, we've always had um, one word to sum up how we're feeling. So we'll do the same now. Andy, what's your word? Romp. No, uh, my word is excited. I'm just excited to see it come back. I'm excited to see the Mighty Whites and I'm excited to hopefully see a positive end to this season. Matthew? I think I could definitely go with excited as well and I could definitely go with nervous, but I'm going to go with relieved because I'm just glad that football's finally coming back and we're going to have a chance to finish this season because we deserve it as fans and the players deserve it as well. So I'm going to say I'm relieved. Paul? My word is buzzing because I'm absolutely buzzing about the football coming back, particularly our games, our league. It'll be quite exciting to watch the games on uh, Saturday of the other teams as well. And I, I know it's it's better to probably go first, but at least we'll, we, we you go into Sunday knowing where you're at, don't you? I'll definitely be watching. I've realised now that my wife's trying to make plans for Saturday because it sounds like a nice day, but I reckon watching Brentford versus Fulham's going to be a uh, bang on the calendar. Yeah, pull a sickie with the wife. You've met my wife, you know that that's uh, risky ground. And what's your word, James? Long. All right. It's going to be a really long week because this is, I mean, I know we've been looking forward to this for so long now but it'll just drag and drag and drag we've got nothing really to pick up the pace of the week to get the football but I hope it can move as quickly as possible so uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing some football some championship football Leeds dominating teams again let's hopefully we get a win first game back So before we finish, I just wanted to remind people a little bit about the prize draw and exactly why we're doing it. Um, Andy and Matt told you at the start about all the prizes that are there, which are absolutely amazing. We're raising money for two good causes. One of the causes is York Special Care Baby Unit. Um, at Christmas time, uh, my son Jack was born um, and he was looked after by the most amazing team of nurses and doctors. Um Sadly, he died only six days old, but that doesn't change any ounce of the gratitude that I have for, to the NHS for the time that we got with it. We we would have not had any time with our son if it wasn't for the people who work on that unit. They are real-life heroes. I've said it before, and I'll say it to anybody who ever asked me ever again. Um, so the more money that we can put into their funds. Over this period of time where they've... Um, been in lockdown and uh, people have quite rightly been focused on the the pandemic all the other fundraising elements that go on for the other parts of the NHS that top up their funding normally they've they've still been going they they still have a shortfall so the money that we raise will go towards products for um, the babies for supporting the families and depending on the amount of money actual equipment that goes on the ward that helps uh, them have the best quality of life as possible and the other fundraiser is for orb community arts who help support people for positive mental health and they were brilliant with my dad who sadly passed away at the start of this year uh, Stuart. um 
they gave him a lot of support whilst he was battling Parkinson's uh, just through doing creative exercises and creative classes and that kind of thing. And it's uh, a really, really good place. I've been keeping in touch with Andy who works there uh, throughout lockdown and um, yeah, they're still going, still supporting people in the community. And there's a few others that have locally that have lost funding and, and closed down. Um, so, you know, now's a really important time and, um, you know, please donate at leadsthat.com forward slash donate. It's the, you know, all your money's going straight to, uh, two brilliant causes. So, it, you know, it's, uh, it'll be appreciated by a lot of people. Yeah. And obviously not only are you raising money for some good causes, you're also in with a chance of winning some fabulous prizes as we talked about at the start of the podcast. Anyway, that brings us to the end of another bumper leads that podcast and a bonus one ahead of the season restarting this coming Sunday. Welcome along if you're a new listener on the back of our Adam Forshaw interview last week. And if you've still not heard that, then we recommend you go back and listen to it. Adam was a, gave us a lot of insight into what it's like inside the camp at the moment. Thanks to Jamie Keeble from Hex Sausages for joining us on this podcast today. And we will be back in less than a week's time with our first match day podcast since the beginning of March. And we absolutely can't wait for it. So make sure that you listen along then. We'll speak then. Podcast Network.